Hey everyone, welcome to Librarians Assemble, your premier audio resource for all things libraries and comics. This particular episode, we're also about comic book-based movies. With me again is Renata. She is joining me to talk about the feelings we have for Apocalypse, because one giant-sized episode wasn't enough to talk about the X-Men villain Apocalypse. We need more time. And since at the time of our first recording, neither of us had seen the X-Men Apocalypse movie, we decided to get back on the microphones here and talk about what we thought of the new X-Men movie. So, Renata, welcome. Thank welcome you. Back. I believe this I think is you. Your... I still have so much to say. So, so much. There's so much to say about this blue beast. <laughs> so, this is your third time now officially on the show, so I think that ties a record. So, congratulations. Do I get a punch card? Yes. Um, on the fifth time, you get a free sandwich. Yeah, so I'm still working on a way to deliver these sandwiches so that they're not <laughs> rotten when they get to people. But, you know, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. Okay. So. Time. <clears throat> so actually, I want to quibble with your very premise. Um, I have a lot to say about the X-Men. <laughs> I don't think I have that much to say about Apocalypse. That's true. It just think... seems to be the thing that the re- the excuse we're using, I think, to talk about the X-Men. Yeah, I, I think what this movie made me realize about Apocalypse is, like, nobody knows what Apocalypse is. Because, <laughs> like, on our, our previous episode, we were like, is is he a robot? Or, a like, he's not supposed to be a robot, but he kind of seems like a robot. And then this, it made a little bit more sense to me. Like, the movie's premise is he just keeps taking over the bodies of other mutants. Mm-hmm. Which also happened in the cartoon... But in the cartoon, I didn't have the sense that that was always what he did. It was just no, because was like he was trapped. Thing. Yeah. He was, like, trapped somewhere. So I thought that kind of made sense. I kind of like that. I will say, and, and I said this on, on another podcast, so sorry if you've listened to both. And also, sorry if you've <laughs> listened to both for just having to listen to me talk that much. But um, I feel like, despite the fact that Apocalypse still barely made sense in this movie as... as <laughs> like a powerful person i think that this movie handled and ex handled explaining apocalypse better than any comic or or tv show i have seen thus far like the idea that okay every x number of years he has to transfer himself into another body so he always chooses one of the more powerful mutants he can because he wants to keep building power and also for some reason, this is the part that doesn't quite make sense, but I I appreciate the veiled attempt to make sense of it. He he keeps a little bit or or a good chunk of the power from the previous mutant when he goes yes. into the other body. So that way, that's how he stockpiled all of these all of these various powers. To me, that's yeah. the first time I'm like, oh, that's why he can do anything. Before, my best explanation was, well, he's the first mutant, so he's just had the most time to evolve all these different powers. <laughs> yeah, and it did give some interesting stakes to this, where, like, he's had all these different mutant powers, but he's never had a powerful telepath's powers. Yeah. So if he can take over Charles Xavier, then he'll be completely unstoppable, exactly. versus now, where he's just, like, 93% Yeah, like, now he's just, like, really hard to beat, but you can do it as long as you come together as a team mm-hmm. and have a secret red-headed weapon. As long yes. as all those things happen, you should be fine. 
Yes, and as long as you don't let um, family drama tear you apart. You can't, you can never let that happen, whether you're Apocalypse or anyone else. That's why I avoid my family, mm-hmm. to, to stop the end of the world. And I appreciate that. No, abs- absolutely. Okay, um, so. I think another smart thing the movie did was never call him Apocalypse like that was his name. That's true. They, they always called him, um, I don't remember, like the Egyptian word. Yeah, and Sir Nil, I forget how, I forget now. I should pull it up in front of me before I make any attempts. Yes, and you know, apparently that means apocalypse-ish, but it sounds less silly than just being like. What yes, it sounds like a, it sounds like a real name and not just apocalypse. And Sabunur. Yeah, and he didn't have the A belt either. He did which... not. But again, I imagine he'll get there one day. Right. You know, like he's still building up to it. He's After... not the apocalypse we know yet. He'll get there. He needs to take in a mutant with a really good fashion sense. Yeah. So I think the next one will be he attacks Dazzler. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and it'd be the perfect movie. Because it will be Oscar Isaac <laughs> and whoever they have playing Dazzler and it's gonna be amazing. I just I've written it for you, Fox. It's all yours. Yeah, just just give a call. Just, the librarians assemble. Just, we'll consult. Yeah. Area code five 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 five. Um so yeah, so overall what were your what's your take on, on X Men Apocalypse? How did you cause this movie is like pretty much the definition now for mixed reviews. Yeah, people you, did not like this movie. It's it's Ugh. you either got a few people who like it enough and say, eh, it was okay. But then you have a lot of people who are like, This is this is t- hot garbage. <laughs> it's the next Batman v Superman. Oh no, no, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's, it's not that bad. Um, so where where do you fall on the spectrum? Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I it went by so fast for me. I was shocked when I looked down and it was over, and I realized it was like over two and a half hours long or whatever. It didn't feel that long to me. Um. Yeah, like like I mentioned, Apocalypse, I don't care that much about him. I thought his big evil plan or whatever, it was it was whatever. But for me, what I liked about this is what I what I usually like the most about X-Men was just kind of the character moments mm-hmm. in between things happening. I loved like the kids going to the mall. <laughs> I loved a uh, German mutant fight club. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that I mean, was fun. It was fun, but it was also really sad. Would you like yeah. stop to think about? It? I'm like, oh god. Yeah, I, lo- I guess I should clarify. I love, I love them getting out of German Mutant. Yeah, Park, yeah. So. The escape sequence was cool. Um, I love that Mystique has become this like freedom fighter who's on <laughs> posters all over the world. I love that like Storm loved Mystique. Mm-hmm. The shoot Mystique was Times Person of the Year or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I liked all of that. Nice. Yeah, I, I agree with you on on all of that. I I feel like of the of the sides that you can come down with, either you have the left side of we really hate this movie, the right side we kind of like this movie. I feel like I'm further to the right of that. Like I really <laughs> like this movie. I I have no issue with this movie. I mean, if I were to sit here I could pick issues with it, but like I don't feel the need to, you know, like I didn't Mm -hmm. dislike this movie to the point where I'm like, well, I'm just going to tear it apart. You know, like it was fine. It was it was fun. 
it had a decent enough story if you you know like if you take into the fact that it's a superhero movie that's also kind of like coming off of a time travel movie like it's Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. you know it's gonna have some some little continuity issues but overall i really enjoyed it um i agree with you 100 percent. i feel like i'm one of we might be the only two people who feel this way but i did not realize how long this movie was yeah and i usually hate long movies same i've got a real short attention yeah like i'm at the point in my life now i don't know if it's because i like every year creep closer to being a grumpy old man but i cannot stand when a movie's like yeah please hang out with us for almost three hours like no get me in and out i want to go i don't want to sit here and listen to your bs story for that long and i know it's weird because i can binge watch like several episodes of an hour-long tv show but that's at my home it's different yeah that's and there's like little breaks in between and i i that was my one of my biggest complaints with the Batman v Superman movie, even oh before God. it came out. Like every time I kept seeing the runtime on it, I'm like, "You're out of your mind! You what do you yeah. want, what do you want from me?" And then when I found out that this runtime was not much different from BVS, I was like, "Oh, yeah, I felt very different." Bad. Yeah, I like I liked it. I, there were so many like moments where I was like, "Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God!" Like I was just like. I was nerding out more in this movie than I have in comic book movies recently. And I don't know if that's mainly because I'm a huge X-Men fan. So, like, I care more about the X-Men characters than I do about, like, say, Captain America and Iron Man going back to the comics. Like, I love the movies, but I was never a big Captain America, Iron Man comic book reader, you know? Same. Yeah, so, like, I feel like there's more of a connection to these characters even if they're like slightly different like i've seen people giving this movie um trash like trashing the movie because alex is older than scott like i don't who cares yeah i don't care about that but that's what you're picking on <laughs> like <laughs> whatever man like what you should be upset with is that we didn't get enough jubilee or storm in this movie one thousand percent and that's what i was gonna say that's my biggest complaint i think is that it it I mean, I think a lot of the X-Men movies have the problem of kind of biting off more than they can chew. Yeah. And this has a really big ensemble. It's bringing back these really great characters. And then you get, like, three seconds of Psylocke, like, mm-hmm. 30 seconds of Storm. And they're, like, it's awesome. Like, Storm is awesome. And I really hope it's setting up for the next movie there to be I imagine way more Storm. W- at the end, she was... A spo- By the way, if you're listening to this and you haven't realized already, <laughs> Spoilers? <laughs> so, but this movie's also been out for like three weeks now. So, spoilers yeah. everywhere. If, if you cared, if you cared, a you would have seen it already, and b you wouldn't be listening to this. You podcast. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast Just from the title of it. Oh, yeah, you, you, whatever the title is going to be, I'm sure it's going to clearly illustrate that we're talking about X Men Apocalypse, <laughs> the movie. Um, where was it? Oh, yeah. So the Storm. end of the movie, Storm was part of the group that was about to be the new X Men, right? Yes. She yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, led I, by Mystique, which yeah, is awesome. Which is cool. Like, and again, I've seen people kind of complain that Mystique is is so different than she is in the comics, and she's. Why do all the movies want her? Why do every movie that they've made so far? Why does every movie that they made so far make her the central character? Yeah, and, and people are kind of bitter, like, oh, it's just because Jennifer Lawrence is famous now. And but they kind of like, did it back in the original trilogy. Mystique had a much bigger role in the original X-Men movies. 
than I mean not not as large of a role that Jennifer Lawrence does, but she's, she's always a been a central. It's really cool in the movies, and I, that's what I that's what I think it is. I think it's you're making a movie that re, that's going to use so much special effects. She's a character that requires just bare minimum. Like you use practical effects to make her blue. And then when she changes, you do one quick little computer thing to make her change. And then you just have another actor playing that person. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's not like you have to actually make Jennifer Lawrence turn into a new person. You just do a quick little computer transition and then have a different actor for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> like, <laughs> it makes perfect sense from like a filmmaking standpoint. Like, yeah, she's going to be the one we show more of her powers because it doesn't cost us anything. <laughs> We're already paying these actors anyways. Right. And then also with the way that X-Men and mutants tend to get used metaphorically, yeah. her power has a lot of really great metaphorical value. Of yeah, like, she can be anybody. Yeah. And she's choosing to be Especially this. Especially in this movie. This movie, they, yeah. really, they really laid that on thick. Especially yeah. at the end where she's like, no, I am who I'm going to be my true, for lack of a better term, colors here. And yes. she was, you know the time person of the year again and that's when she changed i think that's when storm changed because they had that same scene where she's like she went from being jennifer lawrence to being mystique and storm saw her change and was like oh shit i'm fighting against mystique no i can't do that she's my hero you know like yeah they had that whole or she dynamic. went from because she was being psylocke right She's being somebody she, else. Oh, was it? Okay, was that the point where Storm finally saw her as Mystique? Yeah, the I think was so. When that... Anyway, the point is she realized it was Mystique. Yeah, yeah. Either, way, either way. It's been a while since we've seen this movie, too. I mean. Um, so, yeah, overall, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, but I guess, you do you want to nitpick it a little bit? Or is there anything you want to nitpick in this? Uh, major nitpick, the, the scene where Quicksilver's running around... They chose the song Sweet Dreams. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it should have been Time After Time by Cyndi Lauper. That is a I, fair point. I don't know how such an egregious thing was overlooked both, in the production. Both perfect for the time period. Mm-hmm. So, And yeah. for the moment. Mm-hmm. No, and I, a great jam. I, I think I had not thought about that, but I think you are 100% correct on that. That is, that is a filmmaking error. On their end, and I hope they correct it in the director's cut. <laughs> Could you yes. imagine if they went and bought rights to a different song just to fix? It? No, I, we we obviously chose the wrong song. That would be great. <laughs> we need to um, buy the rights for a whole new song. <laughs> a couple other things I'll say: I liked that the movie brought back Myra McTaggart in this CIA mm-hmm. agent role that they've given her. I didn't like. And, and I did like that Charles gave her her memories back at the end, but I didn't like that it implied that he had just sort of brushed that off for like ten years. <laughs> like that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I I agree with you on that. I was like, this is really weird. Like, I on one hand enjoyed the scenes where he was like still like a schoolboy crush on her, but trying to play it cool. Like, oh no, I I've been thinking about her. No, no, but thinking about her like this, you know, like, yeah. it was cute because James McAvoy is adorable and delivers all lines, like, in a, the adorable person he is. He's very charming. But. And, and I guess ultimately maybe that's why she wasn't that mad about it. I was it just saying that in the end, when he gives her back her memories, and she's like, oh, thank you. 
Like, yeah, like not what the hell. Not like, dude, that's an like an invasion of so many things. Like, yeah. how dare you? Like, oh my god, the fact that she was just like, oh good. Like, it was yeah. like, what? I would have stormed right out of there. I'm like, I don't care if there's an apocalyptic battle happening outside. I'm leaving. This is bullshit. Yes. So it was. Although it was, I wonder if I wonder if some of that was like him slightly mind controlling her. Like oof, I'll give uh, you this, but also don't be mad. <laughs> oh man, it just became more problematic. I know it's not great. No matter how you slice it, it's weird. Because I had always assumed. Because at the very end of X Men First Class, she's like, oh, I don't really remember anything. Well, I remember he kissed me, and it's like really blurry. Mm-hmm. And I thought. That was sort of implying that this is going to wear off, and she was already sort of starting to remember it again. But yeah. I guess not. <laughs> guess not is that's just how powerful of a mutant he is. But also, what a creepy is. And also, there was another creepy scene where, like, when Jean's having the nightmares. Yes. Uh, oh no. Okay. There's a different mm-hmm. creepy scene. You do yours. Okay. So when Jean's having her nightmares, and like, and <laughs> Charles goes into her room and he tells um he tells beast he's like make sure no kids come around here and he yeah. like and he gets up in the bed with her and he like just tries to caress her face it just it felt really weird and like i don't know like i know i know it wasn't there i think the scene you're going to talk about is probably even creepier <laughs> but it it was just weird it, and there's another scene with Gene and somebody else that I think is it was also really creepy from a comic yep. book standpoint. And I think that's the one you want to take. So take it. So yeah, I, I would like to talk about when they find Wolverine. Okay, good. And he is, first of all, like they're just straight up storing him in a storage crate. Sure. Why not? And like, <laughs> I know, you know, that he's been horribly experimented on or whatever, but it's not even like a cell. It's not a room. He is in a crate. And well, they see, let to him... me, I think I think that's pretty pretty cool because like it really does imply that Stryker and his team do not care about mutants or view them as living creatures. He really is Weapon X, like yeah, like he's just a weapon to them. And when they're not using the weapon, they put it in a case and they move on with their lives. Yeah, no, I mean it is it, it does make sense for their whole fucked up vibe. Mm-hmm. Also, another thing I'm a little mad about is the end of Days of Future okay, Past I was implies when, that he never this. he never like went to Striker because it was really mystique. Mm-hmm. But I guess well, here's something the happened and here's, he ended up back there anyway. Here's the thing I've been saying with that, and don't lose, don't. We're gonna go back to what you want to say because what you want to <laughs> say is very important. Um, the the thing I've been doing to defend this movie, which is sad on my end, really. Um, Are you tying it back to Wolverine Origins? No, God, no. I would never. <laughs> I would never in a million years tie it back to Wolverine Origins. That is the worst movie I've ever sat through in my life. Oh, my God. Um, I love that movie, but it is terrible. It is the worst. So, No, at, at, there's X-Men 3. I feel like Origins is way worse than X-Men 3. Okay. Agree to disagree. Let's just get back to what we can let's agree do, on. Let's, let's go back to this. great. <laughs> um, <laughs> So at at some point during Days of Future Past, um, Beast, I believe it was, makes some kind of reference to like the time stream or the time. Time will find a way to correct itself. Like there are certain things in time that will just happen. And I'm wondering if there that's what this is supposed to be like. Wolverine, like Weapon X was always going to happen no matter no matter what mystique tried to do 
he was always going to end up becoming Weapon X. I wish there would have been an actual explanation for it, even like a throwaway line. Because also, I really thought Mystique killed him in Days of Future Past because she was him. So did did she Mm. just put actual Striker in a box somewhere also? And then he got out and was like, yeah, I got to do this. Yeah, I think maybe he was just knocked unconscious somewhere, laying in a field. Like, I don't remember. I don't really remember what. I don't think it showed it. Yeah, it happened off screen. I just assumed. Yeah, I just wish that some, like, maybe when, maybe Mystique could have, like, seen a glimpse of him. Or somebody could have said, this dude with claws just killed all these people. And Mystique could have, like, just a throwaway line, like, oh, damn, I thought I was, I thought I was saving him. Or, like, he's the one I couldn't save. Because she kept calling her, she kept referring to herself as not a hero. Like, no, I failed, I failed. Like, Maybe that could have been the thing. She's like, yeah, that's that's the guy I failed. Like, I tried to save him, and I just couldn't. I don't know. Anyway, let's get back to the problematic. Oh, right. So they left. They left, uh, it's it's babies, Gene, Scott, and yes, Kurt. Babies. Which another, another nitpick is Jubilee should have been there, because that yes. is Jubilee's whole thing. It's like running away on little adventures. Yes. that uh, The fact that they all went to the mall together, but then they all can't go on this adventure together, was re- that really bothered me. Yeah. Rude. <laughs> anyway. So they're there without Jubilee. They allow Again, Wolverine out of his babies. crate. Yeah. Like 15 at most. 16 well, they can at drive. Most. Yeah, 16 at dr- most. Yeah. Babies. So they let Wolverine out of his crate. He's like, you know, Weapon X, Berserker raging. And Jean does her psychic thing, and she kind of, like, calms him down. And they have this, like, really intimate, like, sexual moment of just, like, Mm -hmm. gazing at each other and, like, her doing her psychic thing. And I I know comics and other movies have set up this kind of Scott-Jean-Wolverine love triangle. But they are children, and he is a million years old and half naked. Full on adult who's very uncomfortable. Any clothes? Like I think what the movie was trying to do was just show how powerful she is that she could calm him down. Yeah. But the reason he falls in love with her is because she's always been the one that's been able to keep him calm. So like by trying to show how powerful Jean is, you've also went ahead and established. The story that's always existed of the love triangle between Wolverine, Scott, and and Jean. But this time, they're not all the same age or look the same age. Now, two of them are teenagers, and one uh-huh. of them's 40-something years old. <laughs> yeah, at least. Uh, and I think you still could have had that scene and just filmed it a little differently. Yeah. Or, like, I don't know, the way it was done. It or was show- shot like a love scene, and it was. it was weird. Maybe if they shot it from behind... Gene, so you're looking. Or if at you, his if face? we saw it inside their heads and we weren't looking at their face and their maybe. tender gazes, I don't. But even know. if we only saw just one of their faces, like maybe if we just saw Wolverine calming down a little bit, but we didn't get to see her staring into his eyes and him back into her eyes, yeah. that would have helped. Or even over Wolverine's shoulders into Sansa's face, like I, don't, right. I don't know. I yeah, assume so. they want to show his face more because. He's the bigger star, and they're they're paying probably a ton of money just for that five minute scene. But right, and then and they set up too. And I liked a lot of the little nerd jokes of, you know, like when they're talking about Star Wars. You know, the third mm-hmm. movie is always the worst in the trilogy, like stuff like that. But then they that had... also felt like a that also felt like a risky maneuver because it felt like okay, they're taking a shot at X Men Three. Like they're letting people know. Oh, that, but yeah. also. But this. also, this is the third movie. This. this is also the third movie. Yeah, so I felt like I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they were 
if they were taking a shot at themselves, like, like, oh, I get it, we're the third movie, or if they were taking a shot at the other third movie they did, or what the it hell could they be did. Both, e- either honestly, way, it was funny. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so there are some in jokes, but then you have Scott, who A, is clearly jealous of this weirdly sexual scene happening with this girl he has a crush on, and that this half-naked, very old man. He's Which like, well, I, I hope that's added to that. Yeah, but then he's like jealous, and he's like, oh, I hope that's the last we see of this guy. And it's like a funny joke, haha, because like, no, obviously Wolverine's forever. <laughs> but also, his jealousy made the whole scene even weirder. That's what, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Like it just it made it drove home the fact that obviously something creepy was just happening there. Yeah. Oh, it was weird. That that was by far the like up that was right up there with taking a woman's memories, giving them back, and then having her be one hundred percent okay with it because James McAvoy's dreamy. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh. And at least they're both adults, I guess. I don't know. It still was against her will. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I'm not saying it's not creepy. I'm just saying somehow. I feel like the, I, I am going to huh. say that I feel like the Jean Grey thing is creepier because she's a child. Yes. And it made me very uncomfortable. Yes. Um, and then I guess my last uncomfortable thing is, and again, I know this happened in the comics that Magneto lost a wife and child because he couldn't control his mutant powers and people like mm-hmm. flipped out about it. And I know that happened and I know they wanted something to sort of like set this off. Okay, yeah. But it's at this point, it's like such a long tradition of women dying just to give a motivation to a male character. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you could have thought of something else that would have done something that. Something a little better. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's like it was powerful. Don't get me wrong. It was, it made me mm-hmm. sad. Mainly because of the little girl. Less. Oh yeah, she was she was so cute. She yeah. talked to animals. I know she was the best. But it she arrowed. So I mean, it it did its job, and it made me sad, and it made me like, yeah, Magneto, I'm with you on this one. Kill them all. Yeah. But like, it there's got to be another way at this point. Like this movie, like most X Men movies, doesn't treat its female uh, characters very well. Like even their lead Mystique character is always in some kind of danger and never the most powerful. Like, she's just the more cunning one in a situation. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, like, I feel like there's always been some kind of... Pro- even Jean. Like, Jean was probably the strongest one they had. But even her, she had one awkward scene where Professor X had to, like, pet her head in her bed. And then she had yep. another awkward scene where a 40-year-old man fell in love with her. Like... And she, yep. like, it, you know, like, and then yay, great. She be she gets to unleash the phoenix, but like, yeah. Uh, I don't and know. I I did like I did like for Jean that this was really course correcting what happened in X Men Three, where mm-hmm. the phoenix happened because Charles had locked away her potential instead yeah. of and and now he's this encouraging like, no, no, it. Go hit it, girl, get it. <laughs> I yeah. need you to save my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no, 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 don't don't hold back, please, because. Professor X wants to live. <laughs> y'all want to yes. go to school. We got to save Professor X. Or it's back in the real world with y'all. Yes. Um, and then also there was that controversy where the posters for this was just yeah. Mystique getting choked, choked and, out. Uh, by Apocalypse. And I think a lot of those ended up being removed because of the controversy. But also it's like, yeah, she is this like badass resistance fighter and Mm -hmm. like yes apocalypse is very powerful but is that really the defining moment of this film for your poster yeah it is it is weird because it is not it i think there are 
more powerful moments in the movie and you could have still shown them you could have shown if you want to show apocalypse and mystique you could have shown them like about to fight yeah like a scene where she like goes to punch him or he blocks it somehow or like even just them separated like looking menacing at one another like yeah you know it's a poster you don't you You don't need everything you don't need it all you just give them a little bit and let them come see the rest of the movie. It's a it's a damn poster. You don't need. I don't need to be driving down the freeway, seeing a blue man choking out a blue woman. Nope. It makes me uncomfortable. I live in Florida. I I can see that anywhere. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Anything else you want to say about X Men? We could probably make this a pretty pretty short little episode here. Um. Overall, you the last it? thing. Overall, I liked it. I I saw it once. I probably will see it again in theaters when I. Oh, interesting. Uh, I don't time. know. If, I don't know if I'll see it again in theaters, but I'll definitely like this. Will be a movie I definitely own when it comes out. Like, oh I'm be yeah, yeah, all about it. Okay, um, you said you want. I don't to see know if you one. saw. Uh, they put out like an infomercial for the Xavier School that's hosted by Jubilee. I did. That was funny. I that was adorable. It and it was I, awesome. I wish the movie had just, like, another half hour of scenes like that. Especially since, like, it didn't feel that long to me. Like, I feel like the rest of the world would have been like, this movie was three hours long, and you and I would be on this podcast, this movie could have been three and a half hours long. Mm -hmm. That's fine with me. I wouldn't mind still sitting in the theater watching mutants talk to each other. Yeah. I think, because that's what I like about X-Men, is all the, like, I think you said it a little bit ago, all the personal relationships, you know? Like, those are the things I love most about the X-Men. When when they meet each other when they're going through stuff together their little everyone's different personalities coming together like that's what i love about the x-men and i feel like this movie did a a fairly decent job and certainly better than some of the original x-men movies they made you know like Mm -hmm. to me this this was significantly better i am glad that this is brian singer's last I feel like all the things I don't like about this movie can directly be attributed to Brian Singer. I feel like oh, this movie will be I feel like the movie series will be better without him. Like I I glad he laid the groundwork down and so like they can go from here. But like Matthew Vaughn made first class and it was fantastic. It was the thing that got me excited for X-Men movies again. So like I would I'm very comfortable with someone other than problematic brian singer <laughs> directing these movies I, i'm still into brian singer okay. i don't know i mean i thought the first two movies that he did were amazing mm-hmm. uh that's the thing i don't think i i if he was coming back for the, the next one i'd be fine with it i'd be like oh good he's been doing he did great with days of future past apocalypse was good he's back on track that's fine but like there are little things like like the striker thing like a nerdier director would have cared more about making that connection between Wolverine and Stryker and Mystique. Like, Brian Singer's like, screw it. Let's move on. I gotta show creepy scenes with Jean Grey falling in love with... Like, that's... Like, he obviously cares more about that stuff than than building continuity. And I don't know if it's just because there are a lot of weird rumors around Brian Singer's personal life that I frown upon. Hmm. But I'm I'm fine with him leaving the series at this point. I think he... It's one of those things where, like... He started the job. He got it. He got the ball rolling. So a new director has to come in and just keep it rolling and maybe tweak some of the weird things that he, he left <laughs> there. Like I don't know. I feel like I feel like either way, Brian Singer or no Brian Singer, 
the film series is doing well. I think it it's going in the right direction, and I'm I don't know why everyone feels like it needs to go back to Marvel. That Marvel Studios is the only one who can make superhero movies. I feel like Fox is doing okay. Doing okay, yeah. Fox did fine with like did a great job with Deadpool. Mm-hmm. So like they obviously can do it. Yes, they they screwed up Fantastic Four several times, but <laughs> they obviously can do it. We haven't seen the new Spider-Man movie yet, so we don't know for sure that Marvel fixes everything. Marvel is the same people that brought us Iron Man two and three. I <laughs> enjoyed those films, but uh, okay. <laughs> okay, Thor two. Yeah. Okay. All right. Never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> I, I like I like the Marvel movies as they got like weirder, and they were like, "Yeah, that's, we'll fair. Just, that's like... fair." Hey, man, they, they became more Marvel. Like, yeah, they they've gone into space. They've done some weird stuff. They're in weird dimensions now. They've become legit comic books at this point. Yeah, and speaking of, I'm super excited for for, for Thor three because everything I hear about it sounds like weirder and weirder. I'm like, yes, give it. To I me. am too. Like, even though I did not like Thor two, I love the Thor movie universe they've made. I love the the lore behind Thor. So, yeah. like, the I'm, Thor lore. The Thor lore has got me on the floor, but <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for it. I think I think it has potential. I think it could go horribly wrong, but I think it has more potential than not. Like, just like Thor two had so much potential and did a lot of yes. unique fun stuff don't get me wrong it was just it, i don't know it just it just didn't get me yes um my last thought about x-men apocalypse is from the the very last post-credit scene of the movie Ooh, okay. which i was excited for most of the people in my theater were audibly confused by it because <laughs> it i can what? see that i can see why they would be i mean it does seem risky to do a post, you've asked a group of people to sit through an entire credit sequence. So you've already made them sit through two and a half hours of movie. Now another 10 to 15 minutes of credits, or what feels like 10 minutes of credits. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then and then it relies on a monogram briefcase. It, yes, that's the big payoff. That, like, not even, like, a, a person, a friend of mine who is way nerdier and knows way more about comics than I do didn't get it at first. Yeah, I mean, like, I went to a midnight showing, or, like, you know, 10 p.m., what mm-hmm. what they're calling midnight showings nowadays, on opening night. You would expect that theater to be full of hardcore nerds, and I heard a lot of people just say, what? Or, like, what? huh? And if if you were one of those people, the briefcase belongs to Nathaniel Essex, a.k.a. Mr. Sinister. Which is a weird thing to put in your next movie, but I'm into it. I am so excited. (laughs) They've laid the groundwork down for this. Like, I can only imagine that the next time we see Mr. Sinister, when we see Mr. Sinister now, if we felt certain things were problematic with Gene and Scott at now. Oh my God, yeah. (laughs) Depending on when, like, how far they age them, we're going to be like, why is this man obsessed with the genes of 17 year olds? Why does he want these seventeen-year-olds to have a baby so much? (laughs) This guy is the worst. It's just gonna be X Men Cullen Teen Mom. (laughs) Brought to you by MTV. (laughs) MTV Pictures presents X Men. So I don't know what the hell they're gonna do with that. But sixteen mutant and pregnant. (laughs) 
Sign me up. I'll watch that film for sure. <laughs> I'll watch it and I'll write a lot of hate mail about it, but I'll watch it. No, and I, I'm a huge fan of Mr. Sinister because he, he's so weird and creepy and so obsessed with jeans. Like, in a comic, it's so like, yeah, man, with Mr. Sinister, anything is possible. But in the movies, it's going to be real hard to pull off, man. Like, that's going to be a fine, fine wire to, to, to cross there, man. Like, they can easily make a mistake uh-huh. with Mr. Sinister and send their movie franchise back <laughs> to oblivion. <laughs> so we'll see. And, and, and then, then they'll, just have to do a, they'll just have to do another time travel uh, movie. Another time reboot that shit. <laughs> so where do you think Mrs. Sinister is going to come then? Do you think he's coming in, in the Wolverine movie? Do you think he's coming in the next X-Men? I hear rumors that they're going to make an X-Force or an X-Factor movie or, I mean, a New Mutants movie. I, I think a TV show. You think he'll come into TV? No, I mean, I think the X, I think they're making a New Mutants TV show. Oh, they're doing New Mutants TV. That would be even cooler. than. A... Um, no, I don't know if they'll have Sinister in that. I don't know. I mean, because he was there in the post credit scene for Wolverine's blood. Uh-huh. But... Mr. Sinister just like collects blood and yeah. stuff. That doesn't necessarily mean he's that doing anything with it now. Yeah, he yeah. Could, it could just be like, listen, I'm creating my own X Men. Right, and uh, then I have also heard them talking about wanting to introduce Laura Kinney as mm-hmm. um, into the movie universe to mm-hmm. his Wolverine's teenage clone mm-hmm. listeners. Um, so it's twenty three, right? Twenty. Yeah. yeah. But now she is just Wolverine in the comics. Oh, okay. Because other Wolverine is dead. Everyone who listens to this, I hope. If you listen to this regularly, I hope you know that I'm six months behind on all Marvel comics. <laughs> I am a Marvel Unlimited subscriber. Yes. Well, uh, note to libraries, uh, the all-new Wolverine Volume 1 trade paperback just came out in May. Bam. Uh, I bought it from my library. It's already got three holds on it, and I'm feeling pretty smug <laughs> about introducing Hasht- people in my community. Brag. What? Hashtag humblebrag. Uh-huh. Hashtag <laughs> library life. Hashtag read about Laura Kinney. Um, so if maybe they're setting up Sinister's taking this blood in hell, because that's not her comics origin story. Sinister no. did not make her. No, but, but it, you know, it, whatever. If that's how she comes in the yeah. movie, they'll take it. And that's as I've gotten older, it's crazy to me that like these superhero movies started coming out when I was like a teenager, like with the Spider-Man and the first X-Men mm-hmm. movie and stuff. Like, wow, yeah. it's been a long time. People talking about how these movies are going to die off pretty quickly obviously don't remember that they've been out now for like 20 years yeah but um jesus christ anyway um <laughs> yeah like, death I, comes I, for us all thanks comes. for listening to this podcast <laughs> and have a great day um <laughs> no what i was gonna say is as i've gotten older now and i guess maybe less pretentious mm-hmm. um i don't care when they when they rework stuff for the movie because like you have to make your movie work too like it has to make sense in your story you can't just make your story fit into whatever mold Stan Lee and Steve Ditko and and Jack Kirby created, like, in the 60s. You know, like, it, you yeah, have to cause... evolve. You have to make things different. And even something like X-23, what worked in the comic, will probably not work in, in a movie. <laughs> so, like, you have your story now. You've already established these things. Play in that sandbox. You have... 20 years of sand to play in now. Right. You don't, you, they need to, re, they're relying less and less now on the comics and they can make their own stories. Like even Civil War borrowed just barely 
from the actual Civil War comics, you know, because they mm-hmm. they had their own groundwork that they laid in their own movies. So I think it's a great time for superhero movies. Even the shitty ones are are not the worst in the world. Like they're still superhero movies. Like Jesus, we live in a mm-hmm. world where they're like just pumping these things out. Like we live in a world songs. where there's where Ant Man is getting a sequel. <sighs> yeah, I. I wasn't. I wasn't a fan of. Like that's. I. I did not like the Ant Man movie, but I loved Ant Man in the Civil War movie. So like, I don't think my problem is with the Ant Man character at this point. I think maybe I just didn't care for the movie. Anyway, that's not. Well, how I'm we excited for that. Yeah, because because uh, it's gonna be Ant Man and, and the Wasp. wasp. Yeah, yeah, so that's cool. Because really, I'm, I just want a Wasp movie. So which is what we probably should have gotten in Ant Man. But anyway. He was not ready. She was. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that has been our X-Men Apocalypse slash Ant-Man review. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen to the show. And Renata, again, I know they just listened last time, but where can they find you and your podcast? Yeah. I mean, just in case you have time traveled and rebooted your memory since then, (laughs) uh, you can find me personally on Twitter at Renata Snacks. And you can find the podcast that I co-host called The Worst Bestsellers, where we have also been discussing X-Men-related books this month. Uh, We're at worstbestsellers.com or on iTunes and other podcast places as The Worst Bestsellers. Awesome. And you can find the show at Assemble Podcast on Twitter, librariansassemble.com, and Facebook. Just type in Librarians Assemble. It's there. So, rate, review, subscribe to Worst Best Sellers. Rate, review, subscribe to Librarians Assemble. And, and, and read All New Wolverine. And read All New Wolverine. <laughs> and buy it for your library. Yep. All right. 